0: For too many years, families of children with devastating illnesses have felt helpless as they watched their child suffer. Today, they're taking matters into their own hands and finally finding relief, treating their child with cannabis. This is One Family's Story.
1: Hi, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Love Love and Cannabis. Cannabis. I am Nina. I'm Osiris. And we are the proud parents of
0: Aiden. Hey guys, welcome to another episode. Hello. I hope everyone's doing well. Today we're going to talk
1: about stigma and stereotypes.
0: Oh, this is so huge. It's just unbelievably huge. Yeah. I mean, yeah.
1: As it relates to the black family and cannabis. Well,
0: I mean, cannabis itself is still trying to overcome its stigma. I mean, with the media marketing, you can't really market on television with cannabis to really try to remove that stigma, but yet some people are, I mean, it's becoming almost mainstream in a way because now people are hearing more about it. CBDs have been like the trailblazer. So it's changed. So it went from underground now to people wearing suits and ties and getting involved in the industry. So it's, it's interesting how it's changed, but the stigma is still there as well as the stereotypes. Exactly. And that's one of the things we're going to talk about today. Well, one or two, and actually it's one of many things we're going to talk about today. But first off, let's like, how do we define stigma? You know, like when you hear stigma, like, do you have a definition already in your mind? So, when we did some research looking it up, stigma is an association of disgrace or public disapproval with something such as an action or condition. So, the stigma of cannabis is already stained. So, that's like, you know, already negative.
1: Yeah, definitely. So, the stigma around cannabis is that you are stoned, Yeah. unfunctional, criminal, Criminal drug dealer,
0: lazy. L- oh, yeah, the stoner one. That's the stoner That's type. That's the stoner. Yeah.
1: You do not have any impact on
0: society. Oh, yeah. You're the worst. You're the bottom. You're bringing it. your community down. Or you're a hippie. One of the other ones was this hippie. Hippie. You're, you're the hippie community, yes. <laughs> but, you know what's so interesting is that it almost affected all races to a certain extent because... You know, people in jazz, people of color were you smoking marijuana back in the 30s, 40s. And then you had uh, whites in the 60s, hippies that were, 60s, 70s, that were yeah. using cannabis. And then, you know, you look in Jamaica, they grow it everywhere. So they were using it. I mean, it's interesting. And then now with the Hispanic community in uh, Mexico, they were using it, but it was not used in the way that we thought at this time, you know, and it's changed. It's just evolved to where it is now like, oh, it's medicine. Yeah. It, it is, is medicine. literally medicine, but unfortunately, for
1: some people, the stigma
0: still stays. It still stays. They hold on to it. Mm-hmm. Outdated information and incorrect information. Exactly. But you know that was more. I don't even think it was a political movement. It was more of an economic. It was. It was all based on economics. I mean, it, it was a verse even in the Bible that talks about they were using cannabis for back medical then. reasons. Yeah. Uh, even spiritual. Yeah. Mostly spiritual. when They were using it back then. So we're gonna. Define stereotype. Yeah, stereotypes is another part of that goes into stigma. They just almost almost they can overlap. Yeah, they overlap interrelated. So, defining stereotype is an overgeneralized belief about a particular category of people. Stereotypes are generalized because one assumes that the stereotype is true for each individual person in the category. Which such generalizations may be useful when making quick decisions. they be erroneous when applied to particular individuals stereotypes encourage prejudice and may arise for a number of reasons yeah so this is this is a big one that's more or less what you could look at as a it's subjective exactly it becomes subjective so i mean if you're thinking about the stereotypes basically just what we define stigma is in the sense of the stoners the hippies the criminals And, you know, and people become labeled with such to the point where they're like, oh, well, you know, is this right for people to be labeled as such? And they're nowhere near that. I mean, just looking at our family, you know, we're a black family. We have our son who's using cannabis to treat for his epilepsy. I mean, already he's he's going to be labeled. He's already had the stereotype. Young, black. (laughs) <laughs> you know, live in an urban city. His, so his life is being already s- stamped. But as parents, we have to change that. I mean, for, it, we're typically not cannabis families to begin with. I mean, I've had my experience when I was in my teens, when it was first introduced to me, you know, from some guys I used to hang out with. They were like, hey, you know, try it. I'm like, okay. I did it just because everybody else was doing it. Didn't care for him much of it. I've seen, you know, the negative sides and the positive sides in the sense that it actually relaxed me, allowed me to think differently, have conversations that I would normally not have. But then the other side of it is, that, uh, depending on your strengths, now that I've learned and educated myself, there were certain strengths that would make me sleepy, make me not want to do anything, just have the munchies. But at the same time, I was never feeling violent, like how alcohol used to do. But I used to just want to just hang out and just, you know, relax have conversation and eat a lot (laughs) basically those munchies but fast forwarding now you know 30 years somewhat 40 years later wow hold on a second I'm using something that I really didn't think was going to be a part of my future I'm using now to help treat my son and his epilepsy so my perception had to change and I think that's what needs to happen exactly so for me my personal
1: experience was I kind of believed the stereotype and the stigma. I was one of those people they say no to drugs like I believe that bad people smoked pot mm-hmm. that if you you were you were a drug user and you were bad for the community, you were just a bad person because yeah. and I really believed it i didn't really I did not smoke. I was the poster person for say no to drugs.
0: <laughs> That's funny, I grew up in a community that just turned to drugs I remember during the crack era, it was bad So, yeah. you know
1: I really th- didn't think that there was any I didn't even think that there was any medical use It was just, you're just a person that just Did drugs, if you did any weed You just did drugs, and you you're were a bad went, person And you were doing some bad high. things to your body
0: You just wanted to get high And you just wanted
1: it? to get high
0: Yeah. And just, just younger and younger people are Using it, and I've known people to use it because they couldn't function without it. Like literally, could not get through the day unless they had some in the morning just to get through the day. And I never understood that until now. I'm like, they were self medicating. They were self medicating. I yeah. mean, what's so interesting is if you look at it. You compare using cannabis versus smoking cigarettes to deal with stress. You have a positive effect using cannabis than you would with cigarettes. Cigarettes, you're just pretty much slowly killing yourself in long in long term, basically. And with cannabis, you're healing yourself. Yeah. So it's interesting, but depending how the media and how it's being marketed, you got to twist the language. You just like it's the way we have those conversations. It's interesting. And in the black community, especially, you deal with a lot of stress and negativities and, already and to begin already, with. Already, and I think,
1: and definitely stereotypes. So these people who are basically smoking. They probably just used it as an outlet to relax. just how people use wine at night.
0: Yep, get that But edge no off. one's
1: judging those people who are having their glass of wine at night. But yet, the people who were using their cannabis to wind down, they went to
0: jail. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you for decriminalization. Yeah, they went to jail for it. And long. For a very long time. Ruined people's lives. So, like, how do you... As a person who's been arrested for something, now that's legal. And I'm in a jail, and I'm looking at the world now and it's completely changed and it's like hold on I only had an house and I'm doing three to five ten years maybe and there's people out there making millions of dollars off of it yeah it's not fair it is absolutely absurd and then if you're black you've already got a triple stamp on you you're you're almost like done so it's like how do you rebuild you really literally have to be strong minded and have a strong will and be like okay once I get out I have a game plan I'm going to change. But then they have to also expunge your records. So you can feel free to state that, you know, you don't have a felony record. Because again, something like this, a plant you're being arrested for and have your life ruined for.
1: Exactly. Just in the last two years is when I started doing some research, particularly when we started using it with Aiden. And then I found out like, wow, they've been using this medically from they in the late 1800s. In the
0: 1800s. Yeah, in this country anyway, because they were using it in the other countries where it was naturally come from.
1: Yeah. I was like, what? Wait a minute. So there was this particular... In the 1930s, when the Marijuana Tax Act was placed, there was this doctor named Dr. William Woodward. He testified on behalf of the American Medical Association, the AMA. He told Congress that the American Medical Association knows of no evidence that marijuana is a dangerous drug. Even back then. And he warned that the prohibition loses sight of the fact that future investigation may show that there are substantial medical uses for cannabis. But Congress ignored His statement. Yeah, we know why. So I was like, wait a minute. I believed everything that they were telling me. And yet this happened and they knew that there was medical use for this and they ignored the doctor.
0: Well, I mean, you had to understand what was going on back then. They were literally trying to control every aspect of our lives. I mean, you think about it. If you have this plant growing in your backyard, including the hemp, you could literally separate yourself from needing to be dependent on the government to take care of you. You could feed yourself and you can treat yourself. And they didn't want that. Of course. That's the end picture. Because look, look at the endless possibilities what you can do with this plant. You know... That's freedom. <laughs> I was... They want you on that
1: plantation. <laughs> you know, this it changed me. Because I was like, so I had many people... Lives could have been different. Yes. With introduction of this old and from the 1930s. And then they could have been conducting
0: research since then. And it since ha- then, but they haven't, but they just didn't, they wouldn't release that. They have, they, trust me, they have, because that's why the government has certain patents and certain pharmaceutical companies have gotcha. patents. They know exactly what they're doing. So for them, it's all about control. And that's why sometimes I'm kind of concerned about this industry. Will it end up back into their hands? while all these companies are growing and growing, you know, expanding their CBD product line and their hemp product line, you know, all these things that they're growing and they're becoming more valuable. You know, everyone's been talking about this industry that, you know, at some point, one of the major players, pharmaceutical companies will come in and just basically buy them out. And then eventually it'll end up back in their hands. But this is the plan for the people. That's my thought. It's the plan for the people. And it's and it's crazy in a way. It's like it's gonna see like it's gonna be playing itself out.
1: Yeah, I mean, even some days I get nervous. Um, so we're able to get his CBD. You can order. We can go to even some drugstores, and I'm wondering if that's gonna stop.
0: Well, I I look at it this way: as long as this stigma is going to be a, I mean, it's moving quickly. But to get to where we need to be, it's still some time. It's still some time. But at, also, we still have to get over the stigma. That part is still there. It is still there. I'll give you an example. So Aiden,
1: in pre-K, he had a, a private nurse. And the nurse came up to me and said, oh, I think Aiden needs to be on more, on at least three seizure meds. And I said, he is. I said, he's on this, this, and he's on the CBD. He goes, oh, the CBD doesn't count. I said, Excuse me. I said, there is research behind this. Oh no, 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 I don't know. You know, if it's if that, you know, we don't know about that. I said, Oh, here we go. Like, it just it was just this always this battle, even though there is research, like Osiris said, the stigma is still there. Yeah, the and people stereotype. Are let- and people are not letting
0: go. They're not. And also, I wonder how much of that stereotype also goes into some of the prejudice. Yeah. Uh, people have, especially when they're interacting with, okay, a black family, because sometimes they say, oh, you black people are paranoid. Like, no, there's just certain signs sometimes that you pick up. There's certain energies. Like, for instance, our son, he's delayed, so he gets services. So he was getting PT, the OT, and speech. And when we used to have the providers come into the home, I remember initially the first provider came over to the house, she wouldn't engage with me. At the time, I was a stay-home dad, so I was always the one going to be there. So I needed to know what's going on. I need to be involved. So I was involved. My wife and I, you know, Nina and I were sitting there. She would have more conversations with Nina than she would with me. And I'm trying to figure out like, hello, I'm over here. Talk to me. And so in my mind, I'm like thinking, is is this something personal? And I couldn't understand it. So I would always try to redirect her. It would always go back. She'd feel annoyed. This continued on with even the people that worked in her office and people that we met, it wasn't until to one of the providers who came over working with Aiden and I asked him, I said, what's going on with some of these service providers? Why they're not engaging in conversations with me if I'm going to be the one home? He says, look, I'm going to be honest. Most of the homes that we go into, the father's not there. It's always the mothers that we deal with. So you have to understand that these are the things that they pick up and say, you know what? He's not going to be here anyway. I'll just deal with the mother. The mother's the one that makes all the decisions. And they basically opened my eyes and I said, okay. So that's somewhat of a stereotype. And that could be a stigma, especially if you're a black male, black father. You know, this times I walk with Aiden and I get this reception. People look at me, oh yeah, keep it up. Oh, I'm so proud of you. You know, you guys look great. And it's like, um, we're just walking down the street. His father holding his son's hand. And for me, being a first time dad, never really having a a male figure in my house that i can call dad this is new so i'm doing this as i go along but i'm learning so much about myself do you know that dynamics and understanding stigmas stereotype especially being a black male with a son who's using cannabis so this is a totally different level and also the fact that he has a disability currently has a disability so for us we have to think long term because there's an issue going on in our in urban city, our town, where we're noticing that there's a pattern that of kids who have disabilities, you know, who are in these, who have IEPs in these uh, programs. By the time they reach 18, their future seems unset. Yeah. Some of them can't make it academically because they didn't learn anything. They were just being passed on. They're being retained. So now they're 18, can't have a job. Can't don't really know how to fill out an application. And now they're looking at what is their future going to be hold? Yeah. And so there's a pipeline. Now we're calling it a pipeline to prison. You know, depending on the family that they're growing up in, it's a possibility. It's a pipeline. I, in fact, I recall personally that I have one of my former students. I've worked in the school for 15 years. There's a young man that who was also in the same situation as Aiden, who was, you know, disabled. Basically, he was in a special program. Once he turned 18, he's out there. He gets himself arrested because he was part of a gang that was involved in attempted murder. Now he's sitting in Rikers. So for us, we have, as parents, black parents especially, now we have to think about our son in a different way that many other parents may not have to think about. Like his interactions with society. His interactions with what you see on TV, with the media, with uh, police officers. Luckily for us, we have two, we have best friends who are a police officer. So he gets to see that at the site. So he has an interaction with him. So it could be a different outlook. So, the you know, as parents, like, this is a different level of thinkings that we have now.
1: Yeah, I so, do feel that way. So I feel like when I'm with moms, I'm like, I feel like I do think differently than them.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I'm just... Their issues, not our I'm issues. I'm like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm
1: not thinking that.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm thinking, you know... You got to get him outside, get him some exercise, work his brain. Uh, we got to, you know, figure out his diet plan. We got to make sure that he's getting the CBD on time. We got to worry about, oh, the future too. Is he going to have the resources that he needs to survive if we're not around? You
1: know? I do feel like we, being you, like, like a friend of mine said, you two beat to your own drum. I said, we have to.
0: We have no choice.
1: It's just us. It's just us. And we definitely have to be conscious of what we do every single day. And yeah. we're always
0: thinking ahead. Yeah, we got to the point where now we split our roles where I'm teaching him survival skills, how to get dressed, how to brush his teeth, how to, you know, put his clothes on, how to pick out his clothes for the day. Well, Nina works with him academically. And it's like, okay, and it's structured. It literally has to structure because we have to prepare him for the future. And again, you know, for us, you know, some parents, they take it for granted. Like, okay, I'll get him dressed so I can hurry up and get my day started. I'll feed him so he can... It's like we, it has to be something like programmed with him so it's innate. It's innate. So we're like on survival mode early. Very much so. Very much so. It's scary. And I think about it, it's like, we're almost living in fear because of these stigmas. I mean, okay, the kid's using cannabis to treat himself. And then on top of that, he's black. (laughs) You know, it's like... Okay, so how does this work? How do, How is he going to fit in society unless the stigma,
1: stigma is shit. lifted? Exactly. So It's so funny. I was thinking, I said, like, when Aiden's older and he hears about him being one of the first kids to have a medical marijuana car, and is the stigma going to be lifted or is he going to get teased or he's going to feel yes. bad yes. that, oh, he's a, a cannabis kid?
0: Yeah, because I think he's the only one in his school. Yes. He's the only one in his school.
1: Yeah. So is he going to be happy that we did this? Or he's going to feel that resentment,
0: resentment. that we should have done something else.
1: Yeah. And that he's known as a can- this cannabis kid. So I don't know. Yeah. But uh, you know, if I, the stigma is not truly lifted, he may feel a certain type of way. Yeah. I don't know.
0: And, and, but and again, I, 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 you know, to your point thinking about, you know, do we go out there, become socially involved with him, you know, where everybody gets to see him, get to know him. someone could look at it as like, we're parading him. We're turning him into a poster child. But it's not. It's bringing awareness. It's like, what are you trying to say about this child? Because, I mean, if you go into academia, they have documents stating, you know, black children already, especially black males, are being already labeled. Especially coming from the inner city. Mm-hmm. Are already labeled as such as a, there's only three ways out for them. Drugs, prison, death. <laughs> it's like, Really? But I've bro- for my family, you know, having two other brothers, we've broken that stereotype, and that stigma we've already moved away from that, all have graduated, all have their degrees in college, but still, sometimes it's still not enough to break that stigma, and the same thing is gonna happen with cannabis just because you have research, just yeah, because you have exactly. people healing from it or you benefit from it, they're still holding on to stigma. It's like that generation that's holding on to that stigma are going to be the ones that are going to be benefiting from it, but they don't realize it.
1: Yeah. I had a a friend still call it a chemical. I'm like, it's not a chemical. It's a plant people. I'm like, Oh Jesus. (laughs) Sometimes I just don't know what to say or do. Yeah. if you want to work with them. Sometimes I'm not in the mood to get into it. Yeah. Depending
0: on the personality. Yeah. It's like, how do you simplify it? It's like the pills you're popping is a chemical <laughs> that's a chemical it was it made in a laboratory from from different things here you're using a plant and you're just processing it differently you're putting it in a way that your body can absorb it that's
1: it <laughs> yeah at one time i i I was taking cbd at night and i told a coworker, worker oh, yeah, i i took cbd this morning and he said oh you did you don't seem high i'm like Because I'm not. Like, it doesn't make you high, whatever that means. (laughs) You know what's so crazy? With the age of technology and information, people are still clueless. Very clueless. So what you're saying is that it's going to take a
0: very long time. It's almost, it has to become a movement on a large scale. It just, it has to be a educational social movement. And... I think for you brands out there that are looking to, you're, you're just gonna have to go grassroots. Yeah, and if, if you're, if we're gonna change this, and yeah, it has to be done collectively, it has to be
1: because it's so deep rooted. I remember you gave a guy some CBD coffee, and he said he was nervous. He was like, oh, "Am I gonna feel a certain way?
0: Am I gonna be like, uh, gonna get drug tested? and It's gonna show up I'm like." It's CBD coffee, bro. Stop. Yeah, it's going to take a while, Cyrus. It's It's a long time, I think. But it's scary. It's scary. And I remember uh, just stating in our last podcast when I was at the town hall and I mentioned, you know, how is medical marijuana going to be dealt with in schools? I mean, it wasn't everybody's problem. It's not their issue. But the thing is, they're not looking down the road, especially if you're a parent who has a child with an ambulance. Because... People don't realize that there's a large number of young black boys, I have to go back, that have been identified as having autism or if on the spectrum. Not to take away from, um, you know, white children too, but the numbers going for black ch- males with autism on a spectrum. And I saw a number of them in that meeting. And for them, they don't see that this is something that could benefit them. Yes. And that's how I see I'm Like, I haven't worked in schools. I've seen so many children. Because I worked in the inner city. That could have benefited from using CBD or cannabis of some form. Yeah. It is absurd. that. And then now these kids are older, 18, 19 years old.
1: If they use it when they were young, it could have been def- it could changed. Have made a it could have, it could a have changed their
0: their track or their.
1: Yes, their future. Yeah, definitely.
0: You know, and so it goes back to what we're doing is about for our son. And, you know, it's no longer about us enjoying life, taking things easy, just, you know, Plan for our future, hoping everything. It's like we are on defense mode. All the time. But that could be nerve-wracking. So we got to be on cannabis just to take us off the edge. edge. Yeah, Because every day is like, go, 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 go. And it's like, at some point, your body's going to break down, your mind, your emotions. I mean, just talking about putting this podcast together, we got emotional. So I think I'm like, you know, what's going to happen with Aiden? Like, how is that going to look? You know, are we doing the right thing? Are we doing enough? You know, tomorrow's not promised to anyone, you know, because I had a number of friends pass away recently. And it's like, I was on that uh, path at one point. So it's like, what would happen if I had passed away? Where would Aiden be at this point? With you, because now you're alone. So it's, these are scary thoughts. And it's like, where do we turn? What do we do? And how do we do it? And the stigmas don't help because... Not a lot of people are going to open their doors, especially if you're going to mainstream that you need help and support from them. They're not going to be able to. do. So we have to create our own support system. And I think that's one of the things that we do with this podcast is like reach out to parents and saying, hey, you're not alone. We understand because we're going through it. And people are not talking about it enough. No. And that's that's disheartening because people have a lot to share and they're afraid to share it or they're so caught up in their world not knowing what to do, they don't know who to turn to to share it. And for us, it's like we had to overcome some fears and anxieties about being stereotyped, about the stigma. <laughs> you know, we had to be strong and that's and that's what's so beautiful about this plant, it had empowered us to do what we're doing.
1: It did. That's amazing,
0: it is amazing. It's like we're we got this mini movement within our family, and now we have our family members who are basically on board now and supporting us and reaching out and right. reaching out. They're like, <laughs> when we first started use, um, using cannabis to help our son and just our family in general, our extended family members later on are sending us messages, emails, hey, did you see this article on cannabis? Hey, did you see this? Hey, did you know about this? It's like, like really. <laughs> It took a little bit, but they the people are on board now. They're coming around mm-hmm. because it's starting to be somewhat mainstream. I mean, I mean, there's still some moments. I remember I was talking to somebody, you know, one of my family members was sitting in the car. It almost looked like a drug deal. Like, he's sitting there like okay, hey, about the CBD thing. I'm like, we're in a car alone. So why, are we, <laughs> oh, why are we whispering? <laughs> we could talk about CBD. We could talk about cannabis openly. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. He's still whispering. <laughs> oh my God. That stigma still there. Still there. <laughs> that fear is still there. And it's crazy. And it, it'll take us and what we do with just our family alone to change it. Yeah. And and we don't hide. I mean, I have to be honest. We've been open with all our doctors when we first started using it with Aiden. And we've been very open and we've put it out there and saying, hey, look, you're either with us or you're not with us. There's hundreds and hundreds of doctors out there. We will find the right one that fits our needs and our willing to work and help us heal our child. That's it. That's really what we're looking for. That's it.
1: Yeah, so basically the summary of this is release the stigma, release the stereotypes. Yeah, let it go. Let it's it all, go.
0: Yeah, after a while, it just becomes you. But until you're in a situation where you need it. Are you going to let go of that stigma? Oh, I think so. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're
1: in pain and it's helping you. Yeah. And you would really be advocating for this. Exactly. Until With no, it's time. Yeah. yeah,
0: exactly. No ill side effects. <laughs> I still don't understand how people could watch these pharmaceutical commercials and still walk away saying, say, I'm going to see if this is right for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. All right, folks. It's been an interesting topic and it's really hits home when you think about it with your child and for us again as being a black family and thinking about our son all the many stigmas and fears that we have to address and overcome as we help him on this journey you know it's uh it's scary it's really scary but also we feel empowered because we believe we're we're on the right track and we're doing the right thing
1: so that is it i think
0: I, I believe it is, but there's so much more. And I, I think the next one is about decriminalization because, again, just going into the thought process of, you know, our child could be set up to be going on to this trajectory to the, you know, from the uh, suspensions to the prison system. You know, this decriminalization, how much is it helping? Is it hurting? Is it is it doing anything really to remove to help remove the stigma, one? And secondly, is it allowing those people who've been hurt by it to recoup whatever they've lost?
1: Okay, so I think, yeah, that would be a good topic. The decriminalization path that this state is going through through right now. Many states, many states, but in
0: New York, it's interesting. Yeah, very. All right, right. guys. Thank you for uh, spending another day with us. And um, we look forward to, you know, chime in the next time.
1: Yeah.
0: All right, guys. Have a great day. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to another
1: episode of Love Love and Cannabis. Cannabis. I'm Nina.
0: I'm Osiris.
1: And we're the proud parents of Aiden. Aiden. Be strong. And stay empowered.